The following is a replay of a live show that aired Tuesday, October 17th at 5 o'clock p.m. The opinions expressed do not reflect the beliefs of the University of Wisconsin-Madison or its Board of Regents. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. I'm Vincent Hesburgh, and welcome to another edition of After Further Review on WSM 91.7 FM Madison. As always, I'm joined by my good friend Alex Schuster. Alex, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. How are you doing, Vince? Uh, I'm doing I'm doing swell. <laughs> yeah, very glad you're here, Alex. Uh, we won't give any details, but you're really a soldier for coming in today, and I appreciate that. And as always, we'll start off with Rate My Take, where the two of us bring takes with ahead of time and get them judged by the other person. So I forgot my coin again, but I did find this pamphlet of WSUM. Uh, I guess this will be heads, this will be tails, and they'll never know what the pamphlet looks like. So call it in the air. Heads. It is heads. So you want to go first or second here, Schuster? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, just get this one out of the way. It's a little bit of a, a copycat take of something that's been going around uh, and something I, I also just kind of wanted to hear your perspective on. Uh, so I think that the tush push should not be banned from the NFL. I think it's, it's totally fine. It's something that we should uh, keep around, even though there might be injury concerns. Um, that I, I think it's just a part of the game and something – that they need to keep around. Uh, quarterback sneaks have always been a part of the game, uh, starting back in 1912 when uh, Yale quarterback uh, was the first one to use it in a, a game against Harvard. <laughs> Are you serious? Teams. Not even joking. Yeah, I, I went and looked that up. But uh, uh, So just because one team figured out how to use that in the, the best way possible doesn't mean that it should be banned. And it, the success is... Uh, mostly due to the players involved, not the play itself. I mean, the play itself is uh, statistically uh, one of the most likely plays to convert short yardage situations. Uh, I mean, it, it varies. Has it even been stopped yet? Uh, I think it has. I think it has like a 90% okay. success rate. So it it's way higher than the average quarterback sneak success rate, but it's just because of the players that they have. I mean, you have one of the best offensive lines in football in a quarterback that can squat 600 pounds. <laughs> and just because he's more physically dominant than every other quarterback with their legs doesn't mean that you should take it out of the game. So that's where I stand on it. I also wanted to like kind of hear what you thought about that. Yeah, you know, uh, I remember we, we, we watched Monday Night Football uh, together as a station. Uh, it's a complete mess. Everyone acts like they're going to do work, but they wind up not doing any work whatsoever. Um, but I remember watching the Eagles. We were having this discussion about if they should ban the play or not. And I said that they should at first because I said that it's just automatic and basically any team can just get one yard if they want in any situation. And David said, or David Giardo, who hosts uh, the show that will not be named, uh, that comes after us, he said, well, I mean, if it's just, people just got to learn to stop it and figure it out. And I was like, well, it's unstoppable. I said it's, it was, and I compared it to the NBA uh, getting rid of the goaltending rule because Miles Michaelis, I think his name, George Michaelis kept just destroying everything. It's like I said, that just makes the game worse. But I've totally changed my mind on this one in retrospect because you've seen other teams try the tush push and fail spectacularly. Uh, remember there's the Chargers play yesterday. I mean, that was just like a, it was, it didn't even, it was almost aesthetically terrible. Just this game that's all about precision and toughness and just this whole mass of bodies sprawled all over the place. It was a complete disaster and they didn't get the first. So, if there was a play that always got a yard and any team did it, I would say get rid of it. But the fact that it's only the Eagles and they're getting it because of their great coaching, then, yeah, I'm with you. I'll I'll give it a 9 out of 10. Uh, just because I'm actually I mean, I'm kind of close to 10 here. Well, it's 
I think a 10 would be too much because it is kind of like a stolen take a little bit. I mean, people have okay. talked about this for a little bit, but it was something we didn't mention on our show yet, so I, I thought we could still bring it up. Yeah, well, I mean, it's certainly relevant, especially with the play that happened last yeah. night. Well, th- that was like, I mean, the Chargers are, that kind of like represents how they have been as a franchise, like compared to the Eagles, <laughs> like so disorganized and like, uh, I think it, Jason Kelsey, like on, on their uh, his podcast with his brother, was talking about how it's like organized mass is what they call it, and that's the best way to put it. I mean, like you said, football is a game about how well you can organize yourself as a team, how like in sync you are with the other the guys around you on your on your side, and how prepared you are. And clearly, that's what it, it's all about is the preparation and then the physical capabilities of the guys involved in the play. Yeah, I, I want to, you know, I, I told our, our shadow, our shadowy Nick, who's here, that I wouldn't get him involved with the show, but I actually want his opinion on this one now. Uh, so I'll ask both you guys, what's the better name for the Philly play? The Tush Push or the Brotherly Shove? I think it's the Brotherly Shove, just so you don't have to say Tush as much. But yep. I'd say the more PC option would be the Brotherly Shove. Okay, well, I'm glad that we all agree on this one. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nick. That's your debut on WSU. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so anyways, uh, 9 out of 10 for you, Alex. I guess I, I've, I'll subtract the one just because, it. I mean, it's a point that's been flowing around quite a bit, but it's one that should be addressed nonetheless. It's an interesting point, and yeah, totally with you on that one. Um, I was going to go with a really weird take, but I decided to, uh, you know, closet that one for a little bit longer um, that, that just to try and lure people in to watch in future weeks. Maybe I don't have a take. You'll never know. But... Uh, you know, I was thinking about the NFC North, and I was looking at the standings right now. You know, the Vikings just, I don't even want to say gutted out a win, kind of walked backwards into one against the Bears. The Bears keep falling apart, and the Lions somehow the best record in the NFC. I say somehow. They're just really talented and really well coached. So, you know, I was really hopeful for this uh, this Packers team, and I still am to an extent. But I think if you were to, if I could choose to GM one of these four teams, I might actually have to go the Packers last when you look at all the other ones. Now, I'm fully expecting some low points here, but you just look at your goal is to compete and have the goal to win a championship. I'd say the Lions, like it or not, have the pieces to do that. Now, maybe it won't be this year. I'd be surprised if they went into San Francisco and beat the 49ers in the playoffs. But you look at a team that's 5-1, and well-coached, motivated. They have tools not just for success this year, but down the road. And with the other two teams, uh, the Vikings and the Bears, I think that they're similar cases, but a couple differences. I mean, the Vikings, they have some really talented pieces. I think they're almost in thunder mode. I think I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I think they should treat Justin Jefferson like Shea Gilgis-Alexander and start just having a missed game so they can tank. Uh, it looks like that happened on accident. He's on the uh, the IR right now. But, you know, Minnesota has some talent, and they're bad. So I think they're in a good opportunity to you know maybe get a different quarterback or keep Kirk next year, but get some new... Um, some new blood in the organization. It'll have a ton of cap space as well, so I think they have a good chance to get better. And then with the Bears, I mean, yeah, they're a disaster, and we'll definitely talk about that later on in the show. But you just look at the fact that they might get the number one and number two pick. You can't tell me it's not a game changer. Um, regardless of if they keep Justin Fields or not, you can't tell me that he doesn't have value to the team. So they could trade him, pick up more stuff, or they could just sell the first overall pick and get a boatload of draft capital in return and talented players. So they could make the same move twice in a row at getting rid of that number one overall pick. So I think by and large, the Packers aren't in a bad spot. They have a ton of talent, but I think the worst place you can be in football is not good and not terrible. And unfortunately, I think that's where the Packers are stuck in right now. You look at the talent they have, but also some areas of need. Uh, you know, it's, it, I don't want to throw in the towel on Jordan Love. Certainly, this is his first year. 
as a starter. But, you know, there's, I've seen the stats like, oh, well, if a quarterback threw 26 touchdowns, 28 picks, would you cut him? Because that's Peyton Manning. Well, that's the 90s. And even with him, Aaron Rodgers, all those guys, you saw flashes of it. And I'd say the closest thing we've got to Jordan Love in that case was that two-point conversion against the Saints, which was pretty awesome. But you just haven't seen the deep balls, the craziness, the athletic uh, potential that made the Packers draft him so high. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm certainly – I will continue to support my Packers through and through. I'm very hopeful for the future. That being said, I'm kind of concerned about this NFC North going for, going forward because they got some talent there. Yeah, I agree with it. I, I don't – I. I think I'll give you a seven for this one. I'll take it. Uh, it's it's tough because obviously the Lions, I think, would be the obvious choice right now if you wanted to be a part of a team that's going to be successful, at least yeah. in the near future. Um, that All of these teams are, are a little difficult because they're not exactly like ma- – I mean, the Bears are a massive market, but they haven't attracted any star power at all yeah, recently. Yeah, bad owner as well. Yeah, so there are still downsides with each of these teams, and if I had to rank them, I would probably put the Vikings and the Packers like tied at the bottom of that. I mean, they do have the assets to trade, um, but they're kind of in that same situation where like, I, I don't think either team has a Super Bowl winning quarterback or uh, the roster around it to get there anytime in the near future. Um, so... Those two are neck and neck for me. Uh, even the, if they have Justin Jefferson, I think it would be crazy to trade him away. And like, yeah. even then, like I don't know how much asset or how many assets you get back compared to like a, having a star quarterback like Justin Fields. Like that, I think he might go for more picks in total than you would for Justin Jefferson. Really? Well, how many first round picks do you think they're reasonably gonna they for would Justin for? Fields? Yeah. For, well, for either one. I, well, I, 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 oh gosh, that's tough because I don't know what the value of a receiver is. Because on one hand, Justin Jefferson looks like the best receiver in the league, but on the other hand, that this wide receiver class looks stacked and looks like uh, Justin Jefferson is going to get like upwards of thirty-five million dollars in his next contract. So, yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, that being said, I mean. I think there's a chance that Justin Fields is really good. We know for certain that uh, Justin Jefferson's a beast. So I'd personally put more value on him than Justin Fields by quite a bit. But I see what you're getting at, though. Yeah, I mean, well, it's just the the position. Uh, and yeah. Like from what I remember, like Devonte Adams was a lot older, but he was only one first round pick. Uh, DJ Moore, w- way worse of a player, but also n- the number one overall pick. At, adds a little bit more value yeah. to it there but again it's, it's usually like one first round pick and then a couple maybe throw in pieces after that like a late round draft pick or a swap or something like that for receivers whereas quarterbacks we've seen teams willing to give up multiple first round picks for a guy that they believe in uh, I, I wouldn't say that Justin Fields would be one of those guys but I think they would have slightly comparable trade value I think Field, uh, Jefferson's would be higher you would get more for him but I, I do think it is comparable still. Okay. Yeah, the only thing that sullies me on quarterback trading is that it hasn't been great if you look at the past seasons, not just with the two headliners, Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. I can't even say Watson's name without laughing. He's just that terrible of a trade. Uh, but also those lower-tier guys. Remember the Carson Wentz deal, the Matt Ryan deal? Um, I'm trying to think of – was there another one? or am I just... Well, there's the swap between Stafford and Goff. Yep, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, most of those, well, Stafford and Goff have worked out well for both teams, but I think most of those deals just have gone south. So I think teams are going to be hesitant to trade for quarterbacks in the future. 
that being said, though, yeah, I mean, Justin Fields, we, we were really going after him, but he's put together some strong – just the fact that you can see it's in him to have those big performances is kind of – might be all teams need. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe uh, it, it's exciting to talk about, though, because the Bears have so many options in front of them. Yeah. And the more I think about it now, actually, like Lamar Jackson might be, like, the closest, like, comparable for him. Like, that would be his ceiling for yeah. Fields. Um, and he, there really wasn't that much value for him or, like, interest when, I mean, at least I thought there was plenty of teams that yeah, should have thought that they throw, like, all the money at him, make an offer, and he was a restricted free agent, but they had the opportunity and nobody took it. So I guess you, you might be right about, I mean, not having a lot of interest in Fields then. Well, it's exciting to find out. Uh, hopefully we do get to see a Fields trade, both for um, our sake as fans and his sake as a player. But I don't want to see uh, well, the Packers play Caleb Williams. In that situation, I'm assuming that means that Caleb Williams yep, goes yep. to the Bears. So. Well, we'll find out. Maybe you'll stick around another year like you said last week. Uh, I thought, I, you know, I think we were too mean to you last week. I think that was a really fair point. I'll, well, I think it was more the, like the, the framing of the take because I, I, the take was that he should do whatever it takes to not go to the Bears and like or sit out, like pick his situation. Yeah. But I, the idea behind it really more was that, like your situation in the NFL is what really matters. Yeah, and, that's Especially a for quarterback su- success. And that that's what I should have said. That was like the idea behind it. I just didn't put it in the right words. Well, it, it's tough. I mean, I know that um, it, there's a lot of pressure on you with the millions and millions of people listening. So I know. A national audience. Yeah, it was a fun discussion, though. Well, with that, uh, if it's okay with you, I'd like to jump into what are we calling it? Uh, Badger sports update. I don't know. We'll figure out what the name next week. I promise. But anyways, I'm doing. The, I'm saving the worst for first here. I'll start off with football. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, we have to start with Wisconsin football, who lost a 15 to six heartbreaker at home against Iowa. A LaShawn Williams 82 yard touchdown run wound up being the difference in a game that saw Deacon Hill, Iowa's quarterback, total 37 total yards. The loss puts Wisconsin's Big Ten West hopes on life support, with Ohio State still on the menu. I, I got some stats from this one. This, this was tough. Where'd you watch this one? Oh, so you were I was, there. I was at the game. It was the weather and the game both were uh, pretty <laughs> average. I would say, like just cold and a very slow defensive uh, battle. I mean, I texted you during the game because the, the punter from my high school told me before Nuts. the game that their punter was the best player on their team, and I didn't believe him until the very first punt of the game. We were pinned inside our five yard line. I think it was on the two, and uh, yeah. It, that that was the story of the game yeah, from there. Your friend knows what's up. What's what's her name? Uh, Jake Woobin. Jake, I just think he deserves a shout out because he he was Definitely. spot on with that one. So yeah, I actually want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, Iowa had 97 less yards than Wisconsin in the game, but I think they they just had so many. The punts really were uh, what won it for Iowa, and I'm smirking when I say that, but I, I really mean it. Um, uh, Troy Taylor averaged 50 yards per punt on nine punts on the day. Uh, they actually had more punts than first downs, Iowa. Meanwhile, uh, Wisconsin's Atticus Bertrand's averaged 43 yards per punt. So you look at that differential and you tack on the the punt return penalties we kept having. I mean, I really think that if you would have had to put into a receiver production, I'd say their punter had like a, a 90-yard game. He did. Like if, if we were doing player grades, that would be like the first A++. For real. I mean, he, he just kind of took over. Well, one more thing. Uh, Iowa averaged 3.8 yards per play, which is, for reference, Washington averages 8.4 yards per play. It would have been less than three total yards per play if you take away the 82-yard run. So Iowa got, I think, just great job from Mike Tressel's unit 
they gave up 15 points, but really they only should have been seven. And honestly, if they could have could have gotten a hand on that running back, even just the safety, I mean, ugh, well, not, I yeah, not even it wasn't even 15 points; it was only 13. And yeah, so you're right. It should have only been six. Oh gosh. Yeah. Well, any any final thoughts on this one? Because I'll admit, I, I got a lot to say about this one, but well, it's just the, miserable. My biggest concern is the Mordecai injury and yeah. how well we played, or how poorly we played, I should say, after that. Uh, it, it, we did get some passes going, but um, I, our offense was supposed to be transitioning to a little more of like that air raid style, and then we just lost uh, the star quarterback that we brought in to fit that system. So... Um, I, I definitely have some concerns about the passing game and our offense going forward after that. Yeah, Mordecai, 12 of 20, 106 yards. I believe that's just over five yards per attempt, um, which is pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, except then Braden Locke came in, and, you know, I don't want to criticize him too much. Uh, he's a This is his first uh, NC, or D1 action. This is a tough offense to learn, tough one to navigate. I mean, but did you look at Braden Locke, 15 to 30, 122 yards. That's less than four yards per attempt. What's so frustrating is that the offense passed it 50 times, and they gave their running backs 21 carries. And Braylon Allen, you know, he was hurt, but still pretty solid. Uh, 18 carries, 87 yards. That's 4.8 yards per carry. He gave him that jolt when he came out of the locker room. I just think that, I mean, I think old Wisconsin mindset would have done a whole lot better in this game. Well, especially in, I mean, you know the way that Iowa team is built, that they, like— they're going to love to run the ball, and they're going to rely on their defense. And you kind of have to beat them at their own game in that situation. Less you're able to move the ball consistently downfield with a passing game, which we haven't seen really all year from the Badgers. So, uh, yeah, I was definitely surprised that we didn't uh, go to the run a little bit more. Yeah, and you got to give some credit to Iowa, though, because, I mean, I, I sound like a salty Badgers fan because I am. But they knew that they could not pass the ball, and they accepted it right away. And they just they knew that they didn't need to get too many points on the board. And it, it was just a fantastically coached game on their part. So kudos to the Hawkeyes, you sons of guns. Yeah, I mean, that really was, like, I think probably the biggest game of our season. I mean, obviously Ohio, Ohio State, but, um, yeah, we really just need uh, Iowa to, to take a stumble here at some point in the rest of the season uh, if we want to have a shot at the Big Ten West. So Certainly going to be tough. And with that, I'll jump to volleyball. Wisconsin volleyball team moves to an unprecedented 17-0 and after sweeping both Rutgers and Illinois last week. The 17-0 start is the best in the history of Wisconsin volleyball, passing the 2021 championship season. The team will head back to the Fieldhouse to play Ohio State tomorrow at 7 o'clock for whiteout night. I believe tickets are like 2 bucks for that game, so if it's not already sold out. Seems like a, a good opportunity. But that Rutgers game was the most fun I've ever had indirectly watching a game. Uh, nine out of ten times I'd be there, but I had the opportunity to cover uh, the women's hockey game. I was going out the same day that we'll talk about in a bit. And in between uh, periods in hockey, Anthony Winker, our sports director, and I, uh, we were just kind of like waiting for the next period to start. And also he said, hey, Vince, look. And I look over. Wisconsin's beating Rutgers. I believe it was 17-3. to in the second set. So I was like, well, I mean, Rutgers has got to reach five, right? And we kind of sat there and watched it like Wisconsin slowly climb up. I believe it was 21 to four. And then at 23 to four, all of a sudden Rutgers got the point. We're going, oh, dang it. But then I guess Coach Kelly Sheffield challenged it (laughs) and got the point back to Wisconsin. And they wound up winning it 25 to four. Oh, man. So is that like a bad sportsmanship move there? Or, I mean... 
I don't what know, do you think about that? I don't know enough about volleyball to know. Yeah, I'll, I think it's just you can look at the context in any sport where it's like if you have to go out there and play an extra uh, rally, then there's a chance that your person gets hurt. So I think that, you know, it, I'm sure it's a little demoralizing, and I understand that some people could be upset about it, but I think purely in terms of your goal is to win a championship, uh, I think challenging it is a fair maneuver. Yeah, just get out of the seat. I mean, kind of like a, maybe a, a pitcher in baseball, try and keep that to a minimum as much as possible. Like, Yeah, save the it. pitch count. Yeah, I, That's a really good analogy. Uh, best part about this is, you know, I'm lauding Wisconsin a lot, and they'll play Nebraska on Saturday. Nebraska's also 17-0. We're playing at Nebraska. I am so excited for that game. You could argue that's it's got to be the, one of the biggest regular season volleyball games in years. Uh, I think so. I mean... I think the the next like two and three would probably end up being their previous matchups in the last couple of years. So definitely one to look out for. Absolutely. And one final thing about that upcoming matchup, Wisconsin were criticized the start of the year um, for because uh, they they won a lot of games in five sets. They had a lot of close ones, and they currently won twenty seven sets in a row. And they have they are fifty one and eight on the year when it comes to sets. Nebraska fifty one and eight. Wow, going to be a good matchup. I'm hyped. And with that, you want to take hockey, Alex? Uh, yeah, so both sides of Wisconsin hockey has been off to a fat, fantastic start uh, to the year with the men's hockey team picking up a thrilling overtime victory over Bemidji State before losing 2-0 to the 7th-ranked uh, North Dakota Fighting Hawks. Despite the loss, Bucky is still 3-1 and going to a massive weekend series at the 17th-ranked Michigan Tech. Meanwhile, the women's team continued its Godzilla-like journey through the hockey season, <laughs> this time leaving Minnesota State in a trail of destruction. The Badgers outscored the Mavericks 15-0 over two games and moved to 6-0 and on the year. Bucky will play Bemidji State this Friday and Saturday at home. Yeah, I just wanted you to read Godzilla-like. I'm yeah, I, I saw it in there, and I, you've put a couple notes like that in these in the past, and I've skipped over them, but I need to give you your credit because I, I think that was a great line. Yeah, well, I kind of trick you. I mean, I, I, people deserve to know. I've, I've put I'm stupid before in there and tried to make you read it on the air, but you're eagle-eyed, and I, I'm not going to do that anymore. This one is – well, that that was part of the reason why I was stumbling through it. I was, I, I was waiting for you to catch me with one of those. Like, yeah, no tricks, no <laughs> tricks. Rest of the year, no tricks, I promise. Uh, but there was some history made in uh, the Badgers' second game against Minnesota State as Mark Johnson, get, actually, I'll just have you guess. Uh, what, what milestone did you reach in terms of wins? 100. 600. 600. 600 oh wins. Uh, and I took a step back, and I was looking at Mark Johnson's career as a whole. I did make some notes for the broadcast, and um, I I kind of like was going through his Wikipedia page and his page on Wisconsin. I really think that Mark Johnson might have one of the best careers, not just in uh, D1 hockey, not just in hockey, but I think legitimately in sports. Because, first of all, part of the most famous U.S. sports team ever, 1980 Olympic team that beat Russia, uh, that's just an all-timer. I mean, there's movies made about it. Um, it and, you know, just pol- politics aside in the Cold War, just the fact that there's such big underdogs and wound up winning it, that, that's pretty hype. Uh, played an NHL All-Star game, coached the women's Olympic hockey team to the 2010 Olympic Games. I believe they took silver. And, by the way, he's a seven-time national champion, champion as a coach. So he's done it across the board. His record right now is 600, 113, and 53. So the fact that someone gets to 500 wins before they reach 100 losses, that's just bonkers. Yeah, really impressive career. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's incredible, and he's still going. I believe he's 66 years old, but great young core for this Wisconsin team. Looks like he's still <clears throat> going to be around for, knock on wood, quite a while, and I can't wait to see it. 
And finally, um, now to, to soccer, where the women's team dropped a crucial game at home against Ohio State last Sunday. Wisconsin was a half game out of first place in the conference and were set to end the regular season against the first place Nittany Lions. Wisconsin will have to beat Maryland in College Park and pray that Penn State slips up against Indiana that same evening. The men's team looks to get back above 500 with a win over Ohio State this Friday. The team currently sits at 4-4-5 four, four, and five with three games left in the regular season. That was a heartbreaker against Ohio State, but I still had a great time there because I mentioned before uh, how underrated uh, McClyman and Goodman Complex, the softball and uh, soccer stadiums are. Not only is admission free to soccer game, your boy got a free T-shirt there as well. So I'm kind of rolling in it right yeah, now. Yeah, that, that is one of the most impressive things anyone can do at, at, at a Badger sports game. I mean, when the T-shirt cannons come out. Uh, oh, it wasn't a cannon. They were just oh, giving just, them away. They were just giving them away. Yeah. Okay. I thought you I thought you caught one out of the crowd. No, I didn't. That would have been awesome. It would have been slightly more impressive, but getting the free T-shirt, I mean, everyone loves that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they also had like a little, I don't want to say bounce house, but like an inflatable game where you kick the soccer ball. And I was there with uh, Sarangan, who made his debut on the air. Uh, super awesome. Way smarter than I am with soccer. And, you know, I tried to kick it, and I could tell he was disgusted because it was, like, the worst kick of all time. I haven't played since eighth grade. And he bombed it. And they're supposed to, like, different targets. He aimed it directly at the goalie's face and hit it dead on. He's just a menace with the soccer ball. And with that, I think we almost uh, might have to head to a quick break here. Yeah. That's probably the longest we've gone with. I, I really talked a lot. <laughs> well, I don't think so. I think we've done this before. We, we get through, I think, last week's Rate My Take was the, the latest we got done. Yeah. But I mean that that was uh, four people though. Oh yeah, that's this true. is just you and I. Yeah, that going crazy. Th- good thirty minutes right there. There you go. Love to see it. Well, uh, yeah, it's exciting thirty minutes. But don't go anywhere. We've got our laundry list of stuff we want to talk about. Uh, it looks like Alex has a pretty good, <laughs> pretty good one on here. And then we'll go over some NFL awards and some NBA season bold predictions. We'll be right back. Hey, Jay, what are you doing? I'm going to walk. But, Jay, the light is red. What if there's a car? You know I don't believe in cars. I'm going to walk. Jay, please. I'm doing it. (gasps) He really put the L in walk. Let's not be like our ex-friend, Jay. It's well known that Wisconsin ranks 46 in the country for jaywalking-related accidents. And with your participation, we could be 47th. Here are some tips to help you obey pedestrian traffic laws. Often find yourself restless at a red light? Carry around a fidget toy or a snack. Look left and right, then left again. Repeat as necessary. Hold hands while crossing the street. If still inclined to break the law, ask a friend to restrain you. Remember... You You can't can't walk walk if you're you're hit by a car. Tennis will be performing alongside Sam Evian at the Majestic Theater on Friday, October 20th. This wife and husband duo combines the melancholy romance of 1950s pop music with summery 70s rock. Doors open at 7 p.m. and the show starts at 8. This is an all-ages show. That's Tennis at the Majestic Theater, October 20th. Wisconsin sports are back in action, 
and State Street Sports is here to bring you all the news from Badgers Athletics. Tune in to WSUM 91.7 FM Madison at 3 p.m. on Fridays to hear Anthony Winker, John Green, and Chrissy Birdsall live on State Street Sports. And we're back on WSUM 91.7 FM Madison. I'm Vincent Hesbrick here with Alex Schuster. I don't know why I forgot your name for a second there. <laughs> Are you listening to After Further Review? I had to give a, a shout-out to State Street Sports, a show that I have guest appeared on, so I think I deserve some credit in the promos, but I guess, um, yeah, they just won't have me on anymore in that case. Well, and with that, we'll jump to Laundry List, where the two of us, a lot of stuff that we want to talk about in the show, it can't be made into a segment, uh, so we kind of have a hodgepodge of ideas. Um, you know, I've kind of forced you to go first quite a bit. Is it okay if yeah, I go ahead. to lead the score? Yeah, I feel bad about that, because on our planning document, I always put your name first, but I'm realizing that... It kind of lets me be the second guy. I don't know if that matters or not. But uh, So, anyways, um, you know, there's uh, there's a lot of great NFL players out there, and there's some great people who are just great characters. And, unfortunately, we're seeing a decline of an all-time great, and it's it's hurting me to see. Larry Zonka, two-time Super Bowl champion with the Dolphins, member, member of the undefeated 1972 team. He is 76 years old right now, and it's not about his age at all. Nothing. He's still incredibly active. Uh, he goes fishing in Alaska. That's actually where he lives. He like gets in the Arctic water and fishes. He just wrote a book, and he was at the Dolphins game uh, last week Sunday. But he has a tradition where when the last undefeated team loses, he goes on social media and kind of lets them have it a little bit, saying, oh, looks like you're not undefeated anymore. So I want to chronicle the history of this a little bit. We'll start with 2020. Uh, that was when the Steelers with Big Ben, when we kind of knew they were fraudulent, they were like 11-0. Uh, he had a video of him puffing a cigar and taking a drink as the Steelers were losing in the background. He just said, like, tonight I am a Washington fan. <laughs> I was like, oh, Larry, you son of a gun. 2021, uh, no video this time. He did say, go, Pat, go. And with a photo of him in a swaggy aqua coat drinking some champagne after the Packers beat the Cardinals uh, to end their undefeated stretch. So, you know, a bit of a uh, regression there. But, you know, still got the bling on. Appreciate it, Larry. And then 2022, things kind of took a dip. Uh, No video whatsoever. Just a picture of him on the couch with a beer with the caption, Thank you, Commanders, for knocking out the Eagles. Tonight I'm a Washington fan. And, you know, I read it in his voice, of course, but most people don't get the privilege of doing that because I didn't see the video. And that brings us to 2023. Oh, Larry. Two pictures from him, one of him at the game and one of just a super low-res picture of the 72 Dolphins. And the entire caption, cheers, hashtag undefeated, hashtag perfect. Larry... Come on, man. You're such an active person. You're an all-time legend in the Hall of Fame, part of the greatest team ever assembled, in my opinion. I want to see this guy flex like crazy every single year. What do you think, Alex? I think it would be hilarious. I think he, maybe you should uh, send him a message, uh, your own personal video, asking him uh, to do this. Maybe, like, I don't know. Maybe we should offer to have him on the show afterwards every time. <laughs> make it a yearly tradition. That'll definitely get him involved. Um, but I I haven't heard of this until now. I remember seeing the video after the Steelers lost. Yeah, because it was iconic. Yeah, and I would love to see that again. Unfortunately, that one did kind of hurt my feelings. I, I was just waiting all season for it to happen, and then when they finally lost, like I. Everything went downhill from there. So every time I see the video, oh yeah, still is our second team, right? Yeah. yeah. So what? Well, watching that is, I it just brings back the memories of the slide from they. I think they won 
like was it ten or eleven and eleven zero, and then pretty much lost <laughs> every single snuck in. yeah snuck into the playoffs and then lost that uh, in probably the worst way possible. Yeah, that, that was so funny that playoff game against the Browns or Ben Roethlisberger had like four or five hundred and something yards and just got smoke first play snap over his head i think he had like three interceptions in the game. yeah oh yeah yeah and that's like why he fumbles. had so many yards yeah. yeah um but i don't know that was such an iconic win though against washington in my opinion uh because that was like when alex smith had half of one leg and he was still out there just like completing passes i was like wait a minute is alex smith good and then they wanted to make the playoffs and he got benched in that postseason game but cool win nonetheless anyways I really think that Larry's got to up his game. And maybe I'll send him this segment. He won't respond to it on social media because he's Larry Zonka, but I think he deserves deserves to be out there. So I'd be okay with him, like, I don't know, hitting the electric slide or something, like a banner that says, like, how you like Dem Apples, the, the Miami logo. I see a lot of potential. I think Larry's got a great idea. And instead of letting it stagnate until it's just hashtag undefeated with no pictures whatsoever, we got to get this train back on the right track. I think – they should just have a team celebration every time it happens. They used when, to do that. Yeah, that, they, should, they should start that back up again. Yeah, for real. I'm with you. Uh, now to my second point. Uh, you know, Phillies just beat the Braves in the playoffs. Really fun series as a whole came down to the last out. And I really think, I don't want to spend too much time on this one, but I, I think there's an argument that the, that the MLB playoffs have to change a little bit because the teams that get buys are consistently playing terrible on offense. Three of the four lost this year. Uh, all three of them not even super close series. We haven't even seen a game five yet, nor have we seen a game three in the wild card series. It's been a terrible, terrible postseason. And, you know, some people are saying, well, what about the Astros? They won the World Series when they got the bye, and they had no problem taking down the Twins. And I'd say, yep, they won the World Series. You're right. But this year, they've lost game one to the Twins, and the Twins are terrible. And now the Astros are down 0-2 to the, to the Texas Rangers. So... I mean, I don't know. Now, you could say it's a small sample size, but I just think from a micro level, I got four players for you here. One of them's four for 16, one walk, zero extra base hits. One of them's one for 10 with two walks. One of them is no hits in 12 plate attempts with one walk. And one of them is two for 14 with two walks, one extra base hit. Those four players are Matt Olson, Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, and Ronald Acuna, the top four players in MVP voting this year for the NL. So I just think that, you know, I'm okay giving it another year. Maybe I'm wrong, but by and large, they got to fix this thing. Well, isn't a big part of the baseball playoffs like the momentum you get from like just winning yes. game after game? Yeah, coming in hot. Yeah. So why would you just want to stop that momentum? Even like, does it really make that big of a difference having that extra uh, couple games of rest going in under your po- opponent? Or no, it's more so you just don't have to play. Yeah. To be honest, you get like a, a skip over that chaotic first round, but. I mean, I think so. People are saying like, well, it's maybe it's a disadvantage, but how would you play better? It's like, well, what if you just make them get rid of their three-hole hitter, and then when they get mad, say, well, play better. The play better phrase can be applied to anything. So I think that there's a disadvantage. You should be favoring the teams that did the best in regular season. But uh, I'm I'm willing to give it another year. Uh, maybe it's just a small sample size, but it's you, not bad. Do you have uh, what would be your change to solve it there? Uh, go back to the old way. Okay. Well, and with that, why don't you take it away, Alex? <laughs> uh, so. This one's kind of a downer. I mean, it depends on which side of the game you're on. Uh, the USC uh, meltdown against Notre Dame, which was really more of a, a Caleb Williams meltdown, especially in the first half where he threw uh, three interceptions. It, it, it was tough to watch, uh, quite honestly. And then uh, in the second half, uh, 
at the end of the game, I think he threw like back-to-back drives or interceptions on back-to-back drives. Um, just they, at that point, they probably should have just kneeled it out and gone into the next week. <laughs> uh, definitely a game where you just bury the tape and move on. But I had to bring it up because I had just applauded Caleb Williams for being like one of the best football players on the planet and then uh, turned around and had uh, quite possibly the worst game of his career uh, a couple of days it. afterwards. So Yeah, uh, 23 of 37 on a game. Uh, 199 yards, not great efficiency. But yeah, at your point, one touchdown, three picks. Yeah. Not not a factor on the ground. So yeah, tough game. Uh, I still think he's the clear number one overall pick. Oh, but. obviously. But it, I I think it really shows, for, at least for USC, like defense wins games. Like they need, they've yeah. been in so many situations. And going into this game, I've, I've watched all their games this year. Almost all of them, I thought they were going to lose at some point, <laughs> which shouldn't be said for how dominant their offense has been. Uh, but their defense is just that bad that uh, they couldn't do anything to stop Notre Dame, and Notre Dame's defense stood on their head, uh, got after Caleb Williams all game long, made it really, really difficult for him um, with pressure, and then just their coverage scheme and everything, it was just unlike anything he had ever seen, and uh, he didn't look ready for it, honestly. Yeah, it was, credit it was, to Notre Dame. Yeah. I mean, Notre Dame could have beat Ohio State. They're a legit team. They still are a legit team, but I think that the record Well, they almost reflect. did, and they had, yeah. what, like 10 guys on the field, nine guys? <sighs> Yikes. And then we got to hear the amazing Ryan Day quote. Would love to beat that guy, but not with – it's going to be tough with Braden Lockett, quarterback. Yeah. Uh, and with that, we'll jump to our next segment. Uh, we got some NFL awards. Uh, season is quite a ways in, but you know we want to take a time to step back and see how players are doing right now. Talk about some stand-up performances, and we'll start out with the MVP. Um, do I go first in this one, or I, 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 I have an answer prepared? I have, I have a joke one. Go for uh, it, Jake Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! It's like with Mark Mosley <laughs> giving a kicker MVP. Can't believe you. I well. Part of it is like their offense is just stalled out and like helped them win a lot of games. And I mean, you saw Jake Moody not able to, to do it for the, the 49ers. So, I mean, I guess it's tough when they lost this week, too, also. But uh, I don't, I mean, the obvious guess would, I think you could throw like Tua in there. Um, but yeah. it's tough. It's yeah, wide open. It's, There's it's so many close. good quarterbacks there. Uh, I think Tyree Kill, he's, he'd be my offensive player of the year pick i shouldn't have spoiled that yeah but i mean you could make a i, I despise tyree kill because he's so good um but he he's been absolutely electric this year i believe he has over a thousand yards already um just incredible i'll get to his stats but i honestly think that right now this isn't gonna be the case at the end of the season but i think jared goff would get my mvp vote right wow. now uh, 11 touchdowns three picks on the year 105 pass rating. but i think he's got the whole narrative thing down where to a I mean, that, that offense is insane. Mike McDaniels is a monster. And although uh, Ben Johnson's a really great offensive coordinator, I just think that, well, the best way I can sum it up is that um, the Lions averaged less than two yards per carry on the ground, and they still held the ball for 36 minutes against uh, the Buccaneers. He's just so good at making the right read. And there's so many stats in football. I'm sure it's out there. I'd love to see one that's just like good decision percentage. Maybe it's not like a rocket deep shot, but... Just look at the field. Did he make the decision correctly there? And just make that a percentage. Yeah. I, He's been great. Another player you could throw in there is, I mean, obviously Patrick Mahomes. But I feel like that's one that's kind of going to stall out a little bit. Like their offense hasn't been as dominant. And, uh, I mean, he is making it work with uh, less weapons than he's ever had around him. But at the same time, I think that there's got to be a little voter fatigue there. And, uh, 
I, 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 my, that would be a bold prediction if we were doing NFL ones, is that he won't win MVP because I think he is <laughs> yeah. the, the, the favorite there. But, um, yeah. I think Tyreek Hill is a good pick for that, though. But it, it's so hard for anyone other than a quarterback to win it. So that's why I went with Tua. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll jump to Offensive Player of the Year. We, we can both go with Tyreek Hill Yeah, here. that's an obvious yeah, one. Yeah, C-Mac's been great. But, I mean, Tyreek Hill, 814 yards in six games. That puts him on pace for 2,200 yards. Also has six touchdowns. So um, he's in a great offense, but he's been legitimately record-breaking for them. Yeah, and, I mean— it's one of the most ridiculous things to ever see. I mean, the, the Chiefs were just willing to give him up, uh, like to the Dolphins, and just immediately turns around that that franchise. I mean, their offense is unstoppable, and I I think the majority credit should go to him. I mean, obviously their, their offensive scheming with Mike McDaniel is amazing, but he really is just a complete game changer. Yeah, I mean, he can kind of just run an offense around. Even when uh, Tua was hurt, I remember there was a quote of like, "Are you?" Remember someone asked him, "Are you going to have trouble like getting yards?" And he said, uh, "I could get yards with the U.S. quarterback." He's talking to the reporter, which kind of mean, but fair it, point. Very I, good I think it's the truth. I mean, yeah. a lot of his yards come after the catch. Oh yeah, and especially like the long touchdown potential for him is out of this world. I mean, he's. I think he's one of my favorite players to watch just because of the speed and like the excitement. But I. Don't really like the Dolphins that much, so it, it's a little bit tough for me. Man, we'll have to be a conversation for a later day, yeah. Alex's Dolphin hatred. Uh, next up, Defense Player of the Year. I, my opinion, T.J. Watt. I mean, eight sacks, seven tackles for loss. At some point, he's just like, yeah, well, Max Crosby had a great game, and Aaron Donald's been serviceable. T.J. Watt's just the best player. Yeah, setting the, the Steelers' all-time sack record this season. Oh, wow. So, yeah, there, there is the narrative in there as well. Yeah, he's, only, he's not even 30 yet. He's... Actually, 29 sounds kind of old, actually, because I still feel like he's new to the league. Yeah, I I think he is the best defensive player in the league yeah. right now. I mean, I know some people might try and make a case for, like, maybe Micah Parsons yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah. Well, I'm sure the Packers are so thrilled they took Kevin King over <laughs> him. Or instead of him, I should say. Now, comeback player of the year. Uh, I This is a really tough one because I don't know I, if there's yeah, any candidates. I, there's no one. Uh, like, I think the only one that I've heard for this is DeMar Hamlin, but, yep. I mean— the fact that he's playing football, I think, is impressive enough. But do you like? Is there any limit on like how well you actually have to play to win this, or is it just the fact that he's able to play football again? That's like instant. You, it goes to him. Yeah, I'm gonna rule out Demar Hamlin this one. I think that I would give him the award right now, but I just want to talk purely in terms of uh, you know, person bad perform, bad year, better year, stuff like that. Because I mean, Demar Hamlin's such an outlier with this award, and it's 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 incredible. Not just that he's playing football, but that he's alive. So, awesome to him. That being said, uh, Tua would be my comeback player of the year. He was not great uh, at times last year. He had that terrible injury. So, just seeing him come back and pick, not just pick off where he left off, but he'd be better. Awesome to see. Yeah. Uh, if it was, like, I am I confuse this one a little bit with, like, the most improved player of the NBA. And, like, I think, like, Brandon Ayuk might be a Ooh. candidate in there if it was just on the yeah. sense of, like, how much better they got. But... There wasn't really like an injury or anything there. Yeah, there so. should be a most improved NFL yeah. player. That'd be pretty cool. Well, I think that's like kind of like an insult one, where it's like, oh, you were bad before, but now you're good. Well, and like, I, I, guess I think so. people I take offense think, to it. A I don't little think bit. I would be mad if they got comeback or player or most improved. Yeah, because comeback might be even worse. Like, yeah, you used to be good. Now you're bad. No, you're good again. We'll give you this award. 
Now, with that, we'll jump to, uh, I'll be honest, uh, we have take my play of the year so I could throw in my award here. I don't want to say I made it up because uh, I actually looked it up later and saw there's some other shows I've done it, but I want the Please Don't Come Back Player of the Year for a player who's currently retired or free agent. I would prefer they just stay retired. And I'd have to go with Phillip Rivers on this one. There's Whenever a quarterback gets hurt, it's always like, oh, well, Phillip Rivers, he's a high school coach, but you could come in there. He was pretty good his last year with the Colts. I'm just like, come on, stop it, Phil. You Just enjoy your massive family and stay retired yeah i I think he's uh hit the age limit uh for playing in the nfl already um i put rg3 in there (laughs) just to call him out for i mean it it was ridiculous that like listing all these guys that could go play for the jets and then just casually dropping his name in there as a potential candidate um I, i think he should stick to tv he's got a good he's very good at it. yeah he's, he's got a good gig there uh and i, I don't under I, I understand the desire to want to get back into the nfl but yeah i i think we've seen enough from him his body took enough enough damage from yeah, his career see it. and uh, unfortunately it just didn't work out for him yeah i think he deserves i don't think teams deserve him to be honest he's, he's already given quite a bit physically to teams and now it's time for the cml WPB award and of course that stands for um Oh, actually, I don't even know. Do I have it written down here? Oh, here we go. Coach most likely to barely save their job even though their season was pretty bad. <laughs> this is probably a bad choice, but I might go Mike McCarthy <laughs> with the Cowboys. I mean, if he hasn't gotten fired yet, I, I think they might just keep him anyways. Oh, yeah. Well, they're not going to hire him mid-season, you have to think. But, yeah, I mean, I, that's, I didn't even think of that one. That might be a good one. Uh, I went with Ron Rivera, personally. I feel like that they're, like, barely on the edge. Like, ooh, well, they could have made the playoffs if this two things would have happened. But... I don't know. Pr- pretty interesting. I just kind of want to throw on super long award. Yeah, I I love the name for that. I, Thank you. So I don't much. even think you should have written like the description for yeah, it. Just go on. Yep. It. <laughs> <laughs> oh, next time, maybe I'll edit that out for the the podcast version. I'm sorry, asynchronous production. Mm-hmm. Caught myself. Next up, Chernobyl Award for disaster that'll make the best HBO miniseries. Should we just say this one on three? Well, I I actually have another vote. Okay. Uh, so I'll let you go. I mean, this is the obvious choice. I think that's the winner, but honorable mention to the cardinals i mean they oh yes. performed so well in the first half and their second half i think they're almost like it's like minus 100 points in the second half yeah and then that award or that, that article came out about how terrible their owner is and stuff their players have to pay for food yeah that's yeah that actually come on, i might have to change actually <laughs> you, you convinced me you went from a layup to a and finally coveted award the 2011 packers award for best team that will have an early playoff exit Got to go with the Eagles on this one. Ooh, that that's a frisky choice. I I don't know because I don't know who's going to upset. Like, do you, is that like I could see the Lions going in there them? and taking care of business. I just think that you know they average almost 400 yards of offense per game. But I mean, Hertz already has more interceptions this year than all of last year. Only seven touchdowns passing to seven interceptions. I just think that they're a little bit off, and I think they'll definitely uh, continue to win. But. Uh, I don't know. I could just see them getting that buy, or not a buy. Or... That's the thing is I think they might end up getting the buy now that yeah, the, the 49ers, got, it. 49ers got a lot of injuries yeah. this past week. So, like, Play we'll Seahawks. see how that works out. Um, I don't know. I, I That's a tough one. Like, I, I'm trying not to pick a team that's been terrible. Like, my first choice is <laughs> like the, the Jaguars and the Ravens, yeah, teams yeah. that, like, would probably get upset in their first game. Um, surprisingly enough, I could see the Chiefs. Like stumbling early in the playoffs. Okay. Um, wow. I, their defense is it's good, but then the, their performance against the Jets is what concerns me. Like that was a game that they might have lost 
and like you play it 10 times if hope you would think that they would win it 10 times but then after watching that the way that game turned out I'm not 100% confident okay, in saying that's that. Okay, pretty gutsy. And I then losing it. to the Lions at the start of the season, too. That's another team that, I mean, the Lions now are proving uh, to be worth their salt later on, but still, I, I have a little bit of concerns with them. Awesome. We'll see if that comes back to bite you in the end. It probably will, but yeah. we'll throw it out there. Yeah, speaking of things, I'll come back to bite us in the end. Uh, it's time for our NBA Bold Predictions. Uh, I believe that the season will start next week at this time so we did something uh, a couple weeks ago with max capel where uh we each gave th- three bold predictions for the mlb playoffs and we ranked them how many points they should get if it happens um i came up with five here well i'll just go through it we'll see what happens you go through oh okay i so i'm gonna wing one okay here i I should i'll save that one for the end but Ooh, i'm okay. not sure if i want to do it. i so this one do three each or? If you want to read your other ones, I'll let you have okay. it. Okay, we'll, we'll do three. Um, the, I think the Spurs are still going to be a lottery team. That's not really that hot of a take, but I, I think that they'll be bad enough that they'll end up as a bottom three team. Bottom three? Bottom three. Wow. In the league? Yeah. Oh, I, my god. Even with Wemby, I just don't think they're going to be good. And I, I don't think they're going to lead to winning basketball. I mean— I don't know. I'm hoping that they're not going to run this in the regular season, but it looks like they were running like the Chino Hills offense uh, in their preseason game where they were just having Wembenyama like cherry pick the entire game. And it made no sense to me. So like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. I think that was like one of the boldest things I could think of right yeah, off the bat. That's but, incredibly bold. Well, I'm, the, the team around them is also, I, I don't think they're no, like I like great. it. Um, we disagree on this one. Yeah. I see. Yeah, I mean, they gave Devin Vassell a ton of money. Yeah. Um, we'll see if it works out or not. But, yeah, I, I give this one – I think I'll give you the 5 out of 5 on this one. Gutsy yeah. stuff from you. I just think, you know, can they beat the Pistons? Yes. Hornets? Yeah. Then you look at the West. Uh, Rockets? Well, I don't know. Look at the Trailblazers. I, I kind of – I see that one. I'm going to still give you the 5. Um, next, uh, I'm going to say, uh, you know, you, you – I don't want to say which one of us said Wembenyam would be a bust. I'll just say that there's two of us on the show and it wasn't me. But – uh, I, I don't think he's going to win Rookie of the Year. I think Chet Holmgren is going to play more games. I think they're going to rest Wemby, be very liberal with his usage. So I think uh, Chet Holmgren is going to take that award home. I like that one. Um, see, this one's so tough because it's like I want to give you a good ranking because just for how much Wemby has been like pressed by the media yeah. and the NBA, like I think they're going to want to force him to be like the next <laughs> yeah. face of the league, like whether they like. W- he deserves it or not. I think they might just give him the award anyways. That is a really hot take. I think I'll give you the five for that one as well. Whoa. Well, all right. I, well, I think, like. Can you they, just give me a four? I, I'm, I'm in between I'll a four it. and a five because okay. I, I really do think that, like, Wemby will, it'll just be, like, forced from the media and, like, how many people have put their name out there already saying that he's going to be, like, the next great star. Yeah. That they're going to just have to force it to be true. All right. That, that's a fair standpoint. I just don't think he's going to qualify and play enough games. Mm. But, yeah, um, I'll, I'll definitely take the five. So my next one is actually about that. I think stars in the NBA are going to miss the same number of games. That rule wow. is not going to change anything. Really? So you think that they're just going to, like, as much as possible, like, every little loophole possible in that rule, you think they're going to... How, how do I grade this one, though? Well, I think it's... I don't know. There'll be that, some that's stats tough on you. Year. At the end of the year, it's going to be like how many games did the like total number of players miss? They have been doing it a lot recently, and I'm assuming yeah. people are going to be keeping an eye out for it. Uh, I'll give you a four on that one. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I, I think injuries are injuries, and it it just happened. Like it's not something you can really control. I mean, it would like 
it's like over time, like year to year, it's going to be like around the same point. Because obviously there's like if more stars get hurt in one season than the next, that changes things. But I don't think people are like, I think people sit out games because they actually are injured for the most part so it's going to stay Ooh. relatively the same all right i i like that one it's i'll, so I'll give you a four because i'm not sure i agree with it entirely but you know, I, mean, I just remember the game where the warriors benched all five of their starters at home well i, <laughs> but, I still think teams might yeah. be willing to do that anyways like i don't know how many stars are like by the end of the season like once you already hit that threshold they might just be like all right well I'm already qualified. Let me just yeah. set the rest of these out anyways. Well, excited to find out. Uh, second one, speaking about speaking of the Warriors, uh, they, they were not great last year. I believe they won 44 games. I could be wrong on that one. I should look up the standings on the side. But I think that, oh, 44 wins. I don't know why I get an attaboy for just not being prepared for the show. But I think they're going to win 52 games or more this year. Uh, you know, it's easy to look at their roster moves and say, I don't really know about that one. They didn't really bring anyone too crazy. But I think Clay's going to be fired up. Because uh, he hasn't gotten a contract, it's really big, probably the biggest of his career right now. Clay Thompson trying to get that big extension, and I just think Chris Paul is going to be a legitimately big addition for them, both in terms of what he brings and culture. Because I think Jordan Poole really had a negative impact on the team, and there was a play uh, in preseason that's been getting quite a bit of uh, love, where Chris Paul had an open three and he could have shot it, but instead he he gave it to the cutting Steph, who hit the three and then pointed at Chris Paul. I mean, everyone knows Jordan Poole's taking that shot ten times out of ten. I think Chris Paul is going to run this offense very well. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I definitely think that it, I, that's tough because I don't know. Like the age of the team yeah. makes me think that they like injuries and stuff are going to. It's going to make it harder to get to that 52 game point. But I do have a lot of faith in that little swap between Chris Paul and uh, Jordan Poole. Um, I think I'm going to give you a three on this one. All right, mate. Actually, no. Yeah, I'll give you a three, balancing it out. That Both of those probably could have been fours, and it adds up to the same amount of points. Okay, so. sounds good. we got to hurry up here. I don't okay. want to leave this terrible show uh, after us. Uh, so one more of each. Uh, what's yours? Uh, really quick, I think Deer and Fox will finish top five in MVP voting. Oh, all right. I like that. I'll actually give you a four on that one. That's okay. a pretty gutsy one. My final one, complete opposite. King is going to be in the play-in game. Uh, I wow. think that Fox are just so clutch, and that's how they got a lot of their games. I don't know if that's repeatable next year, but excited to find out. And with that... That'll do it for after further review. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, visit Hesperick with Alex Schuster. And uh, I don't know, I mean, if you want to listen to the starting five, you can. We'll, we'll make it an option. But if you'd like to, they'll be on right after us. Have a great rest of your Tuesday.